Hello and welcome to Inspiring the Pack, a Bright Wolves podcast series where we bring to the forefront important conversations about sustainability and entrepreneurship. Bright Wolves is a management consulting firm in Belgium, and in this season, we speak to the finalists of the 2020 Bright Wolves Sustainability Challenge, which recognized Belgian startups who are actively engaging in sustainability through their business offering. So without further ado, let's get into the show. Hello, my name is Robin and I'm joined today with my colleague Artur. Hello, Artur. Hello, Robin. Today, we are delighted to introduce to you Alexander from Sentinel, uh, one of the Sustainability Challenge finalists of 2020. Alexander, really great to have you with us today. Thank you for the invitation. So I would like to begin by giving our listeners a little bit of background about Sentinel. Um, Sentinel is making waves in the smart mobility market through their digital bicycle lock. Users are then able to unlock their bikes using the Sentinel app or with an RFID key provided and are also able to track their bicycles with the built-in GPS in the lock. No doubt, this is a highly innovative solution within the mobility space. And in fact, they can even claim to be probably the smartest and toughest bicycle lock in the world. So today we sit down with Alexander to discuss all things entrepreneurship and sustainability. Alexander, let's Flash back to a few years ago, how did it all start? What led you to co-found Sentinel? Flashback to end of 2016, I was uh, living in China back in that time. And together with my business partner, my co-founders, we were in China. Uh, they came over for, for a trip and we saw an interesting opportunity um, in, in the bike sharing scheme, which were exploding in the Chinese cities uh, uh, in 2016. And we noticed that, okay, um, that's definitely also something for Euro, uh, for European cities. Uh, if you if you look at at the, the congestion in, in European cities, and that's why we got the idea. And then throughout the first half of 2017, we prepared the, developing the technology, uh, purchasing the bikes, and then in 2017 in September we got live with 600 bikes in uh, in three cities in Flanders. And is it correct to say that it's uh, it started as quite a, a bike connectivity company? Is that correct? Would you, would you call it a bike connectivity? No, initially we started as a public bike sharing operator. That's a B2C platform with green bikes. Now we have a fleet of 1,200 bikes. They're divided on, on different locations, in, uh, mainly in Flanders. We started as operator where we develop the software and we purchase the hardware. And then throughout that, that experience, we switched from a more operating company to a more uh, a technology company. And what made you do the switch from the, the shareable bikes to the lock in particular? A few reasons. First of all, the lock we had, we were not really satisfied with, with what we wanted to achieve with the lock. Also, the size, the dimension, that was too, too chunky. One of the other reasons is that bike sharing is a very capital-intensive activity. You just need to invest in bikes. The business case, especially in public bike sharing, uh, is, is, is sometimes... Uh, challenging. And we just noticed that in Europe, there's so many bikes in Belgium every year, over 500,000 bikes are sold. So there are enough bikes. So we got the idea we should focus on digitalizing these bikes using a lock because we got lots of companies coming to us say, okay, we already have a bike. We want a lock for the bike and the lock we had wasn't good enough. So that's that's the idea due to several reasons uh, we developed the, the lock. So 
actually our technology is a combination or an end-to-end IoT solution. It's a combination of and the, the IoT module, which is integrated in a physical lock, combined with uh, different uh, software solutions for different use cases. That's uh, interesting. So this product, that's why you call it a smart, smarter, tougher, and safer. It's because it's a lock that is unique with the feature you just described integrated in it? Exactly, exactly. And uh, smarter, so I guess smarter relates to the IoT? Well, indeed. So there are some, some of course, it's a, it's a market which is going evolving very fast and there are some other solutions on the market, but we don't call them as smart. We see a lot of solutions only with Bluetooth uh, for the GPS or geolocation. They use the smartphone, but that doesn't work if the bike gets stolen. So we want to have an independent lock which can have this GPS uh, SIM card. We use narrowband IoT, so you only can also can detect the bike, location bike in a garage. This uh, NFC, so you can unlock it with your with a with your company badge or with a dongle. So it's 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 you got the same user experience as a traditional lock, but it's uh, much more technological advanced. And the latest innovation we have done now is that we have integrated with uh, leading e-bike uh, uh, motor uh, uh, company, so we can even now uh, control the e-bike, turn on, turn on and turn off the e-bike using our smart lock. Okay, and and so you related to the feature we saw uh, on your website, uh, sharing uh, your bike, which is possible thanks to this technology, and also the location, and we also also something that interested interested us. It was the crash detection. Yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. So um, those all features, and and especially the crash detection, is uh, is a feature we noticed that insurance companies are very interested uh, because these days you get more and more accidents. Uh, um, Interest companies apparently are not only interested in in accidents, but they also want to inform people around when something hap- happens. So the crash detection, also bike manufacturers are very interested in, in this function. So whenever you have an accident, there's a first alarm, so people around you hear it. Uh, and secondly, there's auto dial or auto SMS to uh, a pre-register number, like uh, family members, so they can be informed. And that's especially a feature we, we see that in, in, in the family environment is very important. We can, of course, use it also in, 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 in my bike sharing uh, application, but especially in the private use of the lock. Because basically we have two market segments. One segment is everything related to mobility and sharing. The other segment is, is related to, to bike security, so private bike owners. And especially the, the, the crash detection is an important feature in, in that market segment. Okay, great. So all those features actually allow you to tap on uh, different markets. Exactly. And, and satisfy different customer. That's that's. It's amazing that it's compiled into such a small uh, object. <laughs> this is a very challenging, uh, very challenging uh, work. <laughs> um. So you've now touched on this uh, difficulty of putting it in a small uh, object. What would you say were the challenges to materialize this idea? For us, the challenge was there's there's so much technology involved in 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 the solution we have. With limited resources, it's, it's, it's just challenging. Uh, so from the first aspect, you have everything is software-related. Uh, we have software solution for public bike sharing. We have a solution for corporate bike sharing. We have a solution for private bike security. Then you have the embedded software, the firmware, within uh, on the IoT module. You have the hardware itself, the IoT module. And then you have all the mechanics of the lock with the entire supply chain. So we're managing a supply chain and it's not off-the-shelf product. We also don't work with a contract manufacturer. So each part from the small fasteners, from the spring, 
the motor, everything, every little piece in the lock has been pre-selected by us. We, so we control the entire supply chain, which is, is an advantage for us. We can control the quality, but that's, that's, that's a very challenging job. Uh, and uh, the, I, that, that's the, the technical part. All these items need to work correctly together. And, and especially when it comes to an IoT module, it's, um, it's, it's incorporated in, in, in the lock where you have uh, plastic material, but also metal materials because to be very strong. So you have the, the interaction of the, of the, of the, the cell phone and the SIM card signal, you have the GPS and you have the NFC of the RFID antenna. So all those three pieces have to be in a very small size on a very small zone and cannot interfere with each other. Uh, so, so that's extremely challenging. So these iterations, they cost money and you're a startup, so you live limited, limited funds. Uh, so that's, that's, a, that's a very uh, challenging thing. So we see some startups in the same field, they focus on software, so only on the IoT module, but we said, okay, only the IoT module, we put it in the lock. And, and that's basically the core philosophy of our company. If you, if you see a bit what the competition is doing, there are some companies offering GPS trackers, like only GPS, but they put the, 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 the geolocation module within the frame of a bike. But a bike frame is, is a, it's a box of Faraday. You want, of course, prevent that a thief takes out the GPS module. So it's difficult to take away, but at the same time, the harder you put it away, the more difficult it gets to get a good signal. So that's why we said, okay, you don't have this challenge in our solution. We already have covered that part. It's incorporated in, in, a, in, a, in a lock. Uh, so, so that's the basic philosophy to say, put the IoT module within the lock so each bike can get connected. And, and, and that's the strength of our solution. But the entire getting all this together, it uh, takes a lot of resources. So that's, that's really uh, a challenging job. And how did you approach those uh strategic decisions. Some startups would probably focus on one feature first to enter the market and then uh, establish uh, the other features. Uh, did you do it all at once or was there one feature that you really knew was the key to win the market? So it's on the go. We saw that there was a need on the market for end-to-end -end solution, both the, the, the software parts and, and the IoT integrated in a bike. Uh, initially, we tried to say, why don't we focus on the software side and then uh, we use the existing lock we have, but we were just not satisfied with the lock. So that's why we said we also add the lock to it. But the lock is, 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 is the hardware, is, is the difficulty of the hardware uh, or product is it either works or it doesn't work. Uh, software, you can say, well, these features will develop them later, or at least that's with the beta version. Uh, the lock, it either works or it doesn't. And that's, that's, that's really hard. It's really black and white, uh, so so that, that that's that's definitely a, a challenge. And now sticking a little bit to this theme, you know, you've grown to a company. Um, I believe you have offices in Belgium and in China at the moment. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. That's correct. Okay, so I can imagine as you grow, your challenges will evolve. What would you say are the challenges now in present day? Well, um, of course, the, the, you have a team. You need to manage a, a team both in, in, in China and in Belgium. The, the team in China is, uh, is based in Wuxi, which is an IoT hub in China. So it's, it's a very good place to find people. But now with COVID, we've been restrained from traveling to China, which is a challenge. But however, we work 
we used to work remotely with them, so 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 it's working good with the China team. But but still, eh, sometimes, and especially in crucial phase of the development, you really want to sit together to work on on on, on challenges. On the external side, I would say the supply chain is a, an issue. You have higher uh, transportation costs, even some. Due to the trade war between China and 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 US, you have some difficulties also on 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 the chip side, on on the raw materials. So that's um, that's the challenge. And uh, on the internal side, okay, yeah, we now finished the development of the locks, and so now we're in in commercialization mode. Uh, but mobility, okay, the bike security is developing very good, but mobility is lagging behind a bit because people are just more home. Uh, taking less uh, sharing bikes, so so that's a bit of a challenge. Um, but like every startup, eh, it's uh, making sure there's sales, making sure your production is right, uh, make sure there's funding eh, because the development costs a lot of money. Eh? So it's uh, and, and and cash flow and cash is king for every startup. So it's it's the financing and especially with hardware products, you need to pre-finance them. We we manufacture in China, so customers pay. Uh, only after uh, 30 days, but it takes maybe sometimes you have to, there's, there's a period of five months to cover. And, and that's just a daily struggle of a, of a startup. To resume the challenges, the team in China, the supply chain, and uh, the daily hustle of, of startups. And I really like your first challenge because I think it will be a challenge that everybody will come to face in the business world. If it changes now to uh, remote working like it does in COVID, and it, this trend will for sure stay a bit, uh, how do you manage a team that's on the other side of the world? A bit of a difference between the situation we have right now in Belgium and China is that oh, Belgium, everybody's working from home. So the, the team is not sitting together. We're very lucky that in China, the COVID situation is much better than in Belgium. So the team is physically sitting together. So we're communicating, okay, with the team in Belgium, uh, th that's that's the communication between Belgium and China. But at least the team, the Chinese team, is working physically together and can work very good on uh, on the development of of, of different different uh, solutions. So that's that's the positive part. Uh, but I would say the way of working will will stay. So it's 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 a reality, and we didn't have a choice. So, but it also showed to us that look, we we can achieve. And and if you would have asked me one year ago. I would say no way, but you get used to the, it's a new normal. So in hindsight, I think it's, it's pretty okay. And Alexander, how would you say the customers are reacting to a new technological product such as yours? Well, that's the really rewarding part of this this, this job. It's it's um, people really happy. They're, they're looking for a new product. They're very excited. And and they also know we're startups. So sometimes if there's a, an issue, whatever, they really understand it. But Maybe it's also the type of clients we're talking to. So basically, we have two types of clients. We have the, the sharing operators, uh, companies like 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 Mobit uh, operating fleets, B2C or B2B, and then you have the, the bike uh, OEMs. But those operators, those are people, startups, looking for new solutions, sustainable mobility. So it's it's a fast growing market. So really motivated people, people with a plan, uh, people with ambition. So they're looking for a new technology technology which works so it's 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 a very good type of client and so so that it's uh, it's not that there are hundreds of options and so that's i would not say we have the holy grail but at least 
connectivity or good bike lock is, is what this industry has been looking for for a very long time. So everybody welcomes you finally, people say, finally. So yeah, that's really fun that you're helping them to find a solution and, and make their services better. And are you finding that people are becoming uh, increasingly aware about the shared mobility on their own or are you really putting in, in time to convince them and make them aware of it? Well, shared mobility, public bike sharing, I think there's been a lot of media attention to it. Um, that's definitely moving in the good direction. You see some very successful platforms operating in Belgium, but also uh, um, in, in the rest, rest of Europe. So the attention is there, absolutely. There was some negative news in the past about too many bikes or too many uh, kick scooters, but that seems to be going better now. What we believe as a very interesting segment is, is B2B bike sharing. So we, we launched a concept a few months ago called uh, Zingi. Zingi is an is a, in, in incorporated solution. So it's a bike, it's a smart lock, it's an app or RFID card, um, the maintenance of the bike and also the, the, the leasing, the financing of the bike. We work together with a, with a leasing company for this. You need keys, key management, it's a hassle. And they don't know there's this technology yet. Uh, to do this in a corporate environment. And, and there we will need to do some more marketing. But that's what I see. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a large market because if you look for a city in, in Brussels, uh, I think there are three or 4,000 Velo bikes. We have 1,000 uh, Uber, Jump, and, and uh, well, Slime, and, and, and Billy Bike. But the population is over 1 million. If you look at all the corporates here, if they need to go back to work again, uh, especially the, the post-COVID there will be more uh, telework. People will go to work in a different way, maybe not every day to the office, but a few times per week. And people will say, okay, maybe I will step away, I will decline the corporate car, but take uh, public transportation and to cover this last mile, this can be more than a mile, it can be five or 10 kilometers from, let's say, we're now here in, 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 in Deegem to go to from, from Brussels, uh, North railway station uh, to take maybe a 10 kilometer bike trip with an electric bike. That's possible, but they will not always rely on those. If they can find a public bike, maybe they will just go for a corporate fleet. And that's, that's really a, an interesting market segment. We're developing ourselves also, but we also see many other operators throughout Europe developing this business. And actually that's the technology we now have developed in integration with the e-bike system. So, so that's, that's a very, uh, that will be, I think, an interesting segment for the coming years. Indeed, I confirm here at the office, we actually have swap fits. And it's uh, definitely uh, something we thought through. How can we move ourselves in a different way than with uh, our cars? And the solution that we found was swap fit, but it doesn't answer all uh, our questions at the moment. So now, if I have to go back to Brussels by bike, I did it once with the swap fit. Uh, but it's not uh, as handy as something you, you just described uh, from end to end. Well, well, Swafit definitely it's a very good product. Eh? It's, it's enormous success, but that's that's really focusing on a, on a private user. It's it's, uh, it's your own. Uh, but if you look at a corporate environment, you need who has the key, uh, will do the maintenance, this kind of stuff. You can reserve a bike. I mean, there's there's more need, and especially the certainty because if you take, for example, the Swafit's home, uh, the next day your colleague doesn't have a bike here at the office, you don't know it, and that's that's we want to offer this kind of smart solution for corporates. And now, Alexander, we've looked at how it started, where we are now. Let's uh, look a bit further ahead. You've mentioned now looking a bit at uh, 
corporate mobility, but what would you say are your expansion ambitions at Sentinel? I believe there's a very interesting market out there for the bike OEMs and the bike industry has seen enormous boosts of the last year with the trend for electrical bikes. And so the number of bikes in absolute figures haven't increased that much, but the ratio to muscular city bike versus e-bikes has changed. Last year, around 3 million e-bikes were sold, 3.5 in Europe, and it will increase to 30 million in 2030. Uh, so it's, it's enormous. I'm not talking about figures outside of Europe, uh, but just Europe itself is a major market. So in the last five years, there was a, an electrification from uh, major players, in, in from engine suppliers and offer uh, electrifying. But the, the biggest trend now will be the digitalization of these bikes. And that's where we come in. We, we want to be the partner for those bike OEMs to say, okay, we want to digitalize our fleet. And there will be uh, competition, of course, coming from the existing engine players like Bosch or, or Shimano, the premium players, they will very likely also offer connectivity solutions in the future. But as a bike OEM, then you, there's a really a vendor lock-in because and the engine and the motor, the control, the display, plus the connectivity, plus the data, they really depend on it. And of course, there will be some bike OEM saying, well, we don't mind, but we've been talking to several of those bikes brands and they say they want to be independent. They want to be not fully depending on, on, on those type of companies. And they already have taken a major role in the market eh? and, and already changing drastically the, the bikes uh, industry landscape. But we, we notice there's an opportunity for companies like us to say, okay, we want to be your partner for digitalization where we can offer a lock we can also offer IoT solutions integrated in the frame. We can offer locks for speed pedelecs, larger diameters for cargo bikes, and we can offer the different software solutions for private security. But uh, private security for the, the locks, the bikes traditionally going from the bike manufacturer to the bike shop, uh, the brick and mortar shop, to the user home, but now new business models. So through the connectivity, they can remain in contact for after sales for maintenance, uh, maybe this kind of uh, bike passport, if you want to sell your bike to a, a second-hand market. Also, you can create new business models for the B2B market because now they can offer with different solutions. They can also offer corporate fleet solutions. As a OEM, they can go directly to companies and say, look, you need a bike solution. Okay, here we are. We have this range of bikes, expensive, mid-segment. So there's a lot of new business models which can create and, and we having the lock Having the IoT and different software solutions gives us, I mean, that's that's the role we want to play. And of course, there will be very large players who might say we would develop it in-house. But IoT is something so so fully different from what they're doing right now. So we believe many of them will choose to work with a partner. And when we want to be uh, that partner, focusing on, on very specific clients where we can have long-term cooperation. And, and okay, also the downside is long sales cycles, but then there can be a very uh, nice uh, business model. And, and then you just follow the wave of, of the e-bike industry going from three to 30 million bikes in Europe. Sounds actually like a great uh, market growth uh, case. 
And uh, indeed, it seems like you are in a great position to capitalize on the technology you developed, the experience you developed to be one of the first mover in this uh, in this sector. Uh, so does it mean that in the future, there will be several bike uh, manufacturers, but they will all have uh, some Sentinel uh, smart locks integrated? Exactly. We call it the S inside. The S inside. Okay. Well, I, I hope I will ride the bike and uh, I will know that there will be the S inside one day. Um, I want to come back to what you mentioned about the competition. I think it's interesting in terms of a, of a strategy in business. It will be a volume market, and it's something you mentioned in the sustainability challenge. Um, how do you plan to compete in, a, in such a volume market? And aren't you afraid that the competition will be on price? And then it's difficult for smaller players to be able to compete. Already many companies are looking at the bike industry. Uh, I think... You should also look at the, the trends of the automotive industry. You see very similar trends in the bike industry. So the bike industry is also professionalizing, so which which is good. When it comes to competition, well, and also to our, our business model, there's several revenue of potential revenue streams. Uh, so the first is the hardware, as there will be more IoT players on the market. Of course, we have the lock, but we can also offer the IoT solution. So we want to have a product portfolio, uh, which is large enough to cover the needs of those manufacturers. And we have, uh, we now have the experience of getting the IoT within the lock. It's much easier for us to get IoT out of the lock and put it in the frame than the other way around. The, as I also mentioned, the large diameter uh, lock solution. So on the hardware side, of course, once there is a mass market, the price will drop. Then you have the revenue from the, the connectivity and the software solution. So even there, there are some opportunities and then in, in, in a third phase, how you can differentiate yourself is with all the data you gathered, you can come up with maybe solutions, artificial intelligence, predictive maintenance, get those usage information sent back to the bike manufacturer and let them create better bikes, better solutions. So that aspect we haven't touched yet, but that's really the end game because for us, the purpose as a company is to get as many locks connected. And that means... There's a combination with the hardware and software. So for us, the hardware, the lock is enabler to promote our software solutions and later uh, data-related solutions. But the hardware is enabler. So the, the true value lies in the data. Exactly, exactly. And, and those are, you see also the trends in connected cars. The, those, those trends definitely will be also in, in, in the bikes. And, and then you get... But those data are not only useful for the, the, the bike OEM, but also for insurance companies. Maybe you have new business models where they say, well, they can they can reduce the number of theft incidents. That's why you see that recently has been a study in the Netherlands that the cost of society for bike theft is 600 million euro and connected bikes, only 1% of the connected bikes cannot be found back. So, so it's the retrieval rate is very high. So that's very positive, but also for cities uh, and governments to optimize uh, to get this information, where our cycle is going, etc. So, so this this also creates, I would say, to the society also better better opportunities. This is incredibly interesting, and it, it is really wonderful that you have these three pillars, let's say, and there's so much opportunity in there, right? And I wanted to now touch into the entrepreneurship. So you have quite a rich uh, history in the entrepreneurship scene. What would you say are some of the biggest lessons you have taken um, in co-founding a startup? As an advice to, to future entrepreneurs? Yeah, I would say to future entrepreneurs, or even if you had to put yourself back in, in your shoes, what would you wish you knew? Maybe not too much. 
because it's always about taking a risk. And if you don't do much about what's ahead of you, you will never do it. Um, I would say uh, having a startup, it's tough. You have to work very hard and it's, it's always, always there, day in, day out, also through weekends. You have to be mentally very strong because there will be a lot of uh, disappointments. There will be ups and downs and you have to be mentally strong to, to cope with this. Also, what I would maybe have done earlier is to find good mentors, advisors. Maybe you can find investors. They are also advisors, but also try to find some people helping you. Maybe also on a personal level. And you have the co-founders, then you have potential investors. A third person also is there to, to help you, to advise you. And in Belgium, there's, there's a... There's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of support for startups, there's a lot of associations. So people who've really been there, done that. And that's very important. Such advice. I mean, any young startup, try to try to get a get a buddy to or a mentor to 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 advise you. That that's really important because don't make the mistakes all the other ones made before you. That's uh, absolutely very important. That's great advice. Thank you very much, Alexander. Uh one point I want to underline, you mentioned there were ups and downs in creating startup. Maybe a lot of downs, but it's important to come up from them. What is your secret to grow through tough times? And what is that still gives you motivation, even though everything seems to go against you? We just feel we have a great product at hand. People are looking for the smart lock. You, you tell them this is what we have, or in the past we're developing, but now it's ready. That, that really gives me power. To, to go and also to my with my team members, we're just so convinced of the product we have. It's something we wanted ourselves to have, and we share this with with other people we meet. And and that's that's just really rewarding if you can convince it. That that gives us energy. And I just think you need to be able to put things into perspective. I think that is great advice. And in business, but also in our personal lives, I think too. So Alexander, it has been really wonderful to sit down with you today. I hope we will all be cycling with bikes that have some kind of Sentinel technology in them in the future. Um, but thank you for taking the time. It's been so insightful. Thank you very much for the invitation. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Inspiring the Pack. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to your podcasts. Or why not share it with a friend or colleague? For more information, please visit our website at www.brightwolves.com, where you can find out more about our expertise, insights, and how to get in contact. And if you would like to get in touch with our guests for this episode, you can also find their information in the show notes below.